0: The following is a Talkin' Buds Podcast special presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, the bar is open. Come on in and join the Buds for a Maple Leafs postseason pint. My friend Harry and I would uh, like to buy you guys a round of beers. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Wash it down with one beer,
1: two beers. Three beers. This is the Talking Birds
0: podcast
1: Welcome, everybody, to postseason pint number five. Ryan, the Maple Leafs are one win away from slaying the dragon, eliminating the Boston Bruins. We said game one was probably their most complete best game of the year. I think last night's game five may have surpassed it in that regard.
0: Oh, it was was so Unleaf-like, like Like just giving up less than 30 shots and holding your opponent to only one goal and then you only score two goals that is the most unleaf victory of all time but in the most positive way ever this is what how we wanted this team to play and step up defensively and be a little tighter and you got good goaltending and man I never thought they'd be up 3-2 Going into game six and winning two games in Boston already. It was a
1: tense nail-biter of a game. No goals to the first two periods. And then Ryan, anyone who wants to criticize Austin Matthews should be silenced after games three, four, and especially five. He went legend last night. Gets a big goal and then sets up the second Leaf goal. He made the first pass out of the zone. That led to Muzzin setting up Capitan for the second leaf goal. Austin Matthews, legend last night.
0: Yep, this is what we wanted from a man. You got to chip in when you're when you're the guy. You if you don't score and chip in offensively and get that big goal and be a game breaker, then you're not worth the money you're getting paid. And Austin Matthews proved last night and the couple games before, three and four, that he's he's showing up and it's it's big boy time for Austin Matthews.
1: And we definitely weren't the only ones who thought that way about Matthew's game. Ryan Babcock said after the game, quote, I thought tonight in particular was his best 200-footer of the playoffs. He was outstanding. He was involved in so many breakouts. He was there and available for the D on that goal that Cappy scores. He's right there for the D on the play coming out of the D zone. So basically what I just said about him making the first pass on the Kapanen goal. So he was in the doghouse after game two. And everyone was going after him we we challenged him too to be better, but I think Austin Matthews is once again staking his claim as the franchise
0: oh yeah yeah no that's it's everything we've wanted to see out of the guy and we wanted to see scoring at him this series and be able to step up and I guess dominate a hockey game that's the way other people like to put it, but he's. When your best player is chipping in as much as he is right now, then chances are you're going to have a pretty good chance of winning a playoff series.
1: Frederick Anderson took uh, some shots after game four for letting in a few questionable goals and was right back to being vintage Freddie last night as well. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, he was great. And I thought the penalty kill, that was the big big issue in game, uh, game four is giving up way too many power play goals and giving up too many power play goals in the series. And last night... Bruins get the first three power plays of the game, and they kill off every single one. And that just builds momentum going in to the third period when you kill off three big penalties and your goalie's playing well. And it was only whoever got that first goal, I felt like in that third, was going to win the hockey game. And this Zach Hyman, little questionable goalie interference call, I think it's the most borderline goal. Goal interference call ever Like Ryan
1: Burke was adamant after the game Ryan that that goal should have been called back Yeah like it, it,
0: he did He did touch Rask and He didn't knock him over but he did There was contact Rask was in His crease um, Was he going to stop the puck anyways Probably not and I guess that is What the, the, That was their thinking when they called It a goal but who knows man that could have It's about time a call went this Team's way anyways like there's been so many times that a goal has been called back on this hockey team through the regular season in the past couple of years. So, you know what? I don't care. I'll take it. They need a break and they got it last night.
1: Well, you're just sitting there and you're just like, it's going to get called back. That's what happens to this team. Goals get called back.
0: Yeah. And I yeah. think everyone, I think all the analysts and the media thought that was goaltender interference. But at this point, I really do not care. I am just happy it was not. And we're up 3-2 now, so too bad, Boston.
1: So a few more stats from the game. Let's just go through them here. The Leafs winning 63% of the face-offs. The Leafs out-hitting the Bruins 30-26 to and out-shooting them 29-27. So as we said earlier, probably the Leafs' best, most complete game of the season. Yeah, and the Bruins
0: like the big the big game four they had Marsh and Pasternak going, but they're, they're bottom six forwards uh, except for Charlie Coyle. Like their their bottom six is nowhere. Like if you all you got to do is shut down that top line and maybe keep Krejci's line off the board, but man, you got to they're taking advantage of that bottom six matchup right now. I think the Leafs bottom six is is a lot better right now than the Bruins bottom six.
1: Ice time leader, Ron Hainsey with 23 Ryan, can you guess who was second in ice time behind Ron Hainsey? Yes. You have this in front of you, don't you? No, because they
0: are on three penalty kills and they don't get off the ice for two straight minutes. So that's automatic six minutes of ice time for both those guys.
1: Twenty three oh one for Nikita Zaitsev. Jake Muzzin behind him with twenty two oh three. 3 Morgan Riley behind him with 21 31. And I believe, and let me just confirm here yes, Mitch Marner led Ollie forwards with twenty sixteen. So, to your point, that um, Zaitsev and Riley getting the most of the ice time because of the penalty kill, but I thought Jake Muzzin was his best game since being acquired by the Leafs was last night. And it was he raised- after he
0: just had a baby. Yeah, he's had a couple of really good games this series, and and man, he's the difference in the world. That was That's what Dubas wanted when they picked him up. So seeing the guy contribute offensively by passing the puck and finishing his body checks, he's a Stanley Cup winner. He knows how to win, so he's showing it right now.
1: All right, let's not waste any more time. Game 6 go Sunday at 3 o'clock. Bit of a weird random start time, but 3 o'clock in the... I'm actually kind of excited that it's on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know about you. It's kind of something different.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm taking a time out from anything I'm doing tomorrow. Whoever I'm with, they're going to have to take a time out for me because I'll be locked in a room at 3 o'clock, ready to go, ready to watch this team attempt... To win this series. I don't know how I feel about it. I still think it might go to seven games. But hopefully they close it out tomorrow.
1: The Bruins are going to come out. Guns blazing. Their backs are against the wall. Their season is on the line. The Leafs have to play the exact same way they played in game five. From a defensive perspective. You cannot mail it in in the defensive zone kind of like they did at times in game four ryan i'm my hands are sweating talking about it like we none of us none of us saw this coming none of us saw them getting here no and
0: personally for for game six I'd like to see johnny t step up and provide some offense like uh he's having an okay series and his face offs are tremendous and that's that's been huge against Bergeron but I think if you're really going to close out this series, you need 91 to get on the scoreboard. The, that's the only thing that's missing from this series for me is 91 hasn't created a lot of offense for himself, hasn't got a lot of chances. If this team wants to win this series and go far in this playoffs, 91 has to start getting on the board.
1: Speaking of guys turning it around, Kasperi Kapanen, who we got on for puck watching in game four, had a much better game last night, scored a big goal.
0: Yeah, he shot one over the net on a breakaway in the first period, but then he put that one away in the third on a nice pass across across the ice and at an open net and didn't didn't fail. So, you know what? The whole team I thought the whole team last night played as well. Five-on-five defensively, as I've seen them in a long time. The Bruins still had some prime opportunities on net, but when's the last time you saw the Maple Leafs give up less than 30 shots in a hockey game? Like, I I can't even remember. So, I'm going to give hats off to the whole team as a five-man unit, five-on-five, and the penalty kill, because, man, like, so
1: Unleaf-like, that win. Um... I was hoping that you would go on this rant. Ryan and I watched the game together last night, and I was hoping that you would go on the the rant that you went on last night. So I'll remind you of it. What happens when you put Austin Matthews on his shooting side?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that goal. Oh, my. All year, power play. Matthews and Marner on their strong sides, which means they are not set up for a one-timer or a quick shot. They got to turn around make a shot. Last night, Austin Matthews has an opportunity on his strong side, on the right side of the, or on his weak side, on the right side of the ice, in a one-timer position. And I know Austin Matthews doesn't have the Steven Stamkos, Patty Lyonnais, OV kind of one-timer, but he's got one of the best wrist shots in the league, and I'm sure he can get off some sort of a one-timer. And last night, he gets an opportunity on his weak side to take that one-timer and Boom. Look what happens. It's in the net because he doesn't have to turn around and shoot the puck. He's got the puck right on his stick in a perfect scoring position. And bang, it's in the net. I want to see that on the power play. I want to see Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews switch sides. I have no idea. I just, I don't, I don't know. I guess they like, I don't know. Mike back we already know Mike Babcock has this weird thing for guys playing on the right side their strong side so he likes the left-handed shots on the left side and the right-handed shots on the right side and that that's fine and five on five it doesn't bother me but when you're on the power play you need to switch them around like every every other effective power play in the league does it they always have the guys in a one-timer position and look at Austin Matthews okay like you can make the argument he's not Ovi, but look at last night. He got the opportunity, and he scored. So I want to start seeing that on the power play.
1: I want to take a. Look. Hopefully, this isn't jinxing or anything. So I want to. I want to. I'll knock on wood. Everybody can hear me knocking on wood before I say this. But what is going on with the Bruins? Like they, they are, just have not played the style that we all thought they would play going into this series. We saw it in Game Two, but. There's just no, like, the Leafs are taking it to them. Like, do you think this is just maybe, like, a, a changing of, of the guard? Or, like, do you think the Leafs are just like, we're not afraid of you anymore, and that maybe that's what's happening? Because I, I, I got to be honest, through, and again, I'm knocking on wood, but through five games, I haven't been that impressed with the Boston Bruins.
0: No, I, I think their depth, forward-wise, is a little overrated. And I think it's especially Zidane O'Chara, them saying, we're not afraid of you anymore because you can't skate anymore. And if you want to just give us a little slash or a little punch in the head after the whistle, and because he's Zidane O'Chara, he gets away with it, they're just taking it and moving on. And they're challenging him in his corner all the time. Like before this series, I said, if they're going to win this series, they're going to have to continue to go in Zidane O'Chara's corner over over and over and over and over again. And that's exactly what they are doing. And I think Charlie McAvoy is the only defenseman who's really showed up for the Bruins. Like, Tory Krug's nowhere. He got nailed in that one game. Who knows if he's reeling or has an injury. And some of their other guys just haven't really stepped up. It's been McAvoy and everyone else has kind of looked mediocre. And when you shut down Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, like, they they don't look like the Bruins. And I think what you're getting at, though, is just their physicality level it's just not nearly what you thought it was going to be.
1: No, not, not even close. Like, not even yeah. close. And no. like I said, you saw it in game two. But I think that game in general got a little, like, silly and out of hand. But through the other games in this series, like you just, like I said, the Leafs are taking it to them.
0: Yeah, like the Leafs are out hitting them through five games, which is shocking. Like, yeah, the Bruins have had a couple like really big hits, but so have the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs are being as physical as they could possibly be, and it and it's working. But it kind of scares you though that the Bruins haven't played amazing and it's still a close series. But these two teams are just too even and too close for this series not to be a six or seven gamer, and that's exactly what we're getting.
1: Oh boy, I am I am it's it's going to be, oh, I don't even know what to say. Like, I can't believe we're in this position where they're one win away from eliminating the Bruins and moving on to the second round. Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The hardest game to win is the fourth game to put the team away. They've put themselves in a good spot where they now have two chances to try and make that happen. But, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Ryan.
0: Well, now they put themselves in a choking position. Like, if they choke this away, then they're going to be... Like, this would be... A, like, they cannot choke this away. Like, in, they are in this position. No one thought they were going to be in this position. Even... I don't think even they thought they were going to be in this position. And you're going back home. Like, you don't want to go back to TD Garden. I know they've already won two games. but no, I'm with you 100%. This is the position you wanted yourself in. To win a big game five and go into game six in your building and put it away. Like... They're going to need another huge game from Freddie, obviously. I think that first period is going to be a nightmare because the Bruins are going to be flying, but he, man, they just got to keep like playing the way they are playing. Like they I don't, I don't know, they can't deviate from their from their good five-man defensive unit that they had from last game. Like if they start running around again, like they're they're done. Like oh man, I just I just hope, man. I just hope they get through. Oh,
1: I know. I know. That's what I'm feeling. Right. As we're talking about it, it's like setting in and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe they are in this spot. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, let's do bum and beauty of the game. Hit the music.
0: It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds.
1: Ryan, I went first last time. You go first this time. Who was your bum of the game? It's really hard to... We might have to pick the same guy because it is really hard to pick on them after they played such a great complete game. But I know we both have one particular person in mind. So you go first and I might join in.
0: All right. I'm going to go with Jake Gardner again. Oh,
1: never mind. We're going to have two different.
0: I'm going to go with Jake Gardner again. He's just... Man, he looks brutal out there. Like, he looks scary. He's the only Maple Leaf on the ice that looks, like, scared. Like, all the other guys are kind of, like, Tyler Ennis. Like, the guy's tiny. He's going on the corners. Just battling it out. Jake Garner, whenever some pressure is on him while he has the puck, like, it, it's a give. It's almost like a 100% giveaway at this point. And his ice time is reflecting it. I know I hate people. Oh, he's injured. He's injured. He's still recovering from his injury. But I just I don't know. I think everyone everyone's got some sort of injury right now. Like I know Bergeron, there's rumors of him being injured, but Jake Gardner, I just I'm not impressed at all by his game, so he's my bum.
1: All right, and I'll pick the obvious one. Uh Patrick Marlowe, uh again, just not great. And is a borderline liability. I thought that line, I guess, was a little better last night, but it's still I don't know, Brown and Marlowe still not really doing it for me. And so sorry, Patrick Marlowe. We say it every week. We know you're a beauty and everyone loves you and you're a great guy, but I I don't know, man. Father time is knocking on his door, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him in the off season. So Patrick Marlowe, you were my bum of the game, Ryan. Yeah. Beauty of the game. Go. I'll
0: go beauty of the game. Didn't didn't have any goals or assists by the end, but I'm going to go with Zach Hyman. He's just, like, for a guy I used to just rag on and people used to just rag on, like, man, he is a hockey player. He You want as many Zach Hymans on your hockey team as possible. And, man, he's just... Fu- I get it now why Babcock was so in love with him and is so in love with him because he's really starting to show it. He, I notice him every single time he's on the ice. He's battling with Chara. He gets in front of the net. He, he He's not a dirty hockey player, but he kind of gets under your skin by how like relentless he is, and he's not afraid to kind of shove you a little bit. So for a guy I used to not be a fan of, I am a huge fan of now. So Zach Hyman is my beauty of the game.
1: And I'll pick the obvious one again, Austin Matthews. And it's not just because of the big goalie scored. I the big criticism on him th- from the coach and from his detractors has been his 200 foot game and how he's doesn't he's not where he needs to be in the defensive zone. And I thought it was the complete opposite of that last night. I thought he was magnificent. Like I said, he started that. Pl- That breakout out of the defensive zone with a nice pass that eventually led to the captain goal coming back, helping his defenseman out. And if he's going to go to the next level and become the elite player that he wants to be and we all think he can become, that is the evolution that needs to happen to his game. And he made a solid case last night as to why he should be named the next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, beauty of the game
0: yeah and he's starting not he's not laying hits, but at least he's going to the corner and finally taking some contact got a
1: too up by chara last night lost the helmet
0: yeah and he's kind of got he's got that pissed off look in his eye and that's and he goes out and he starts skating his ass off and working hard and when he starts to get that little pissed off look, you know you know good things are coming, and he doesn't have that sleepy, sleepy face he has when he's brutal so let's let's keep this going thirty four
1: all right, Ryan, quick around the league before we wrap this up. The Calgary Flames eliminated in five games by the Colorado Avalanche. This is the first year ever that the 2-1 seeds have been dusted out in the first round. The 2-1 seeds went a collective 1-8 and eight in the first round. Your thoughts on the Calgary Flames?
0: I just think the Calgary Flames. Like, Tampa's a little more surprising because they're actually legit all the way around. Calgary I think the Western Conference is just so lame this year so I think the difference between the first place team and the second wildcard team isn't as drastic as you think it would be I think I think the whole West is about as tight as possible and anyone can come out of there so that doesn't really surprise me when you watch the way Nathan McKinnon is playing hockey right now and then Miko and that whole line like man Colorado like Nate McKinnon shows you that you could be a first overall pick, have a ton of expectation, and take you a while to really start taking over the league, and he he's doing that right now. He's unbelievable. So well, that does that that doesn't you, surprise me.
1: It makes you think of like Matthews, right? It's like McKinnon's been in the league for like what five, six years, and he's like just now coming into his own, and it's like you 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 look at Matthews and you're like, he's only going to get better like McKinnon's doing. So I I'm with you on Nate McKinnon. Who's yeah. going to win the West? Man,
0: I have no idea. I think Vegas is really good. I think, I know their series isn't over yet, but I think Vegas is, is really good. And like, you look at Dallas and Nashville, like meh, meh. Both those teams are kind of not doing it for me. I, I, I think anyone can come out of the West at this point. It's, it's anyone's playoff now. Like, all, all these top-seeded hockey teams are starting to get dusted, and I, this is I, anyone's playoff.
1: It's I, I kind of like that this shift has happened in the NHL postseason this year, and I know there's some people who are really against parity and like having dynasties and that sort of thing, and I, I get why, why that's... Because you like watching greatness, and like it's like the New England Patriots. It's like, you just... You or Golden State Warriors? It's like they're the mountain that everyone else has to climb, and like so, I get the appeal of that. But, but I kind of like that this shift is happening in the NHL because all you gotta do is get in. All you gotta do is punch your ticket to the dance, and once you are in, anything can happen. That's what we're seeing this year. It's like the the Columbus Blue Jackets are waiting in the second round. The New York Islanders are waiting in the second round. The Colorado Avalanche are waiting in the second round. Who saw that coming?
0: Yeah, and then the Jets are reeling too and man, who who knows? Anyone but the Islanders though. That that's what that's the train I'm on.
1: Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. Last thing, the Detroit Red Wings naming Steve Iserman their new general manager. This was widely speculated when he left Tampa at the beginning of the season that he would eventually be named GM of the Red Wings, obviously given the fact that he's a Red Wing legend, that's where his family currently resides. I I watched a bit of his presser yesterday, and I I just love Stevie Y, man. I just love the way he answers the questions, and I just love how he's just like, if we got to miss the playoffs two, three years to get this organization back on the rails and draft and develop properly, then that's what we're going to do. And you just know because he's Stevie Y and it's the Red Wings, he's got all the time in the world to do whatever he wants.
0: I, if you're a Red Wing fan right now, you are stoked. Like you're just on cloud nine. Look at the body of work he put together in Tampa. Like whoa, this guy knows what he's doing. So watch out for Detroit in a couple of years.
1: Well, let's take a look at the Atlantic Division, Ryan. The Red Wings just added Eiserman in the front office. The Panthers added Quenville behind the bench. This division is, if it's not already, is becoming the toughest division in the league.
0: Yeah, man, lots of the Panth- ah, Panthers are still losers, but I, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that's a huge Detroit got a, got their guy, and man, that's that's a big, big move.
1: All right, and with that, I think we can wrap it up for this edition of the show. The, hopefully, the next time we talk to you guys, we will be celebrating a Leafs victory and not getting ourselves psyched up for another game seven in Boston let's just all say a collective prayer that we don't have to live through that again Ryan any last thoughts before game six
0: go Leafs go. go that's it
1: go Leafs go thank you everybody for downloading we will see you after game six
0: this is charles adler after a few years of working on radio and television the charles adler show has evolved to a natural place in 2023 youtube podcast and open rss you'll hear the show as it always has been delivered concise with context clarity and empathy and as a bonus the guests will be natural born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional they won't fear uncomfortable questions most important They won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Antler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts.